Well, hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 402, and today I'm excited because I've got my good friend Chris Schaefer back on, and we're going to do another hot seat. I know you guys love the hot seats that we've done in the past, and now we're going to do another one here for you, and this one here is, uh, well, really, the question is how to get more steady sales, and I'm going to have Chris kind of read through the email that we received, and then uh, we'll just start to dig in. Chris, what's up, man? How you doing? Oh, man, it is it is a good morning, brother. We've we've chatted a couple times this morning, not necessarily about podcast stuff, but just, just about life in general, and that's a good way to start the day. Uh, a lot of things going on. I know. And it's been, it's been an absolutely crazy, like two weeks and it's not even Amazon related, you know, it's not related to the new brand, which has been kind of our, uh, our big, you know, push for the last few weeks in terms of what's made it crazy. It's like everything else that we have going on. And for those of you guys who don't know, we have a whole bunch of stuff going on. We don't just sit around and podcast all day. We actually (laughs) do stuff. We do the business stuff too, right? Which is a lot of fun for us. But as you guys all know, it's also a lot of work, especially when stuff doesn't go quite the way that it's supposed to, uh, and stuff gets thrown at you, but it's all good. It's all fun. Well, it's one of those things. It's one of those things. I don't mean to cut you off, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, people, uh, you know, they'll, they'll say, you know, man, why I'm about ready to give up with Amazon because it's just like every second there's something new or there's a problem or this, that, or the other thing. But I'm telling you what, you can go right down the road to the car dealership and I bet you they got all kinds of problems going on over there. Right. (laughs) And I can, you can probably go down to the local dry cleaner place and they probably got their own set of problems going on. Right. So it's business that we have to adapt. We have to learn and we have to grow. And I think that's what I want you guys to take away from these hot seats is us kind of diving into someone else's business, which we've done live before, um, in a live room, like with really like actually seeing people in person, which is a lot of fun. Um, but you know, we're going through the same stuff, Chris. I mean, we've got things that are happening right now. Like we we're just going to be getting some inventory back in stock after we ran out, which is a good thing, but it's also a frustrating thing. we've had listings that have gotten basically <laughs> that have vanished and then, uh, you lose your reviews and then they come back because we had to get on the phone with Amazon, like all of those things. But in the end, we're okay with that. It's part of the process. And uh, we're learning also because if something happens, you know that it might not be, uh, you know, it, it might not be normal, but it's something that has happened to someone else. And then you just kind of learn through this process, but I'm okay with it. It's part of the game. It's part of the process, as I've said before, Chris. It absolutely is. And it's funny, you know, I, I go to the grocery store a few times a week. I'm just one of those people. I like buying fresh produce, right? I, and I hate like having old produce in the house. Um, cause it feels wasteful to me. So I go buy, you know, I go buy fresh veggies every couple of days. So sure. I've, I've lived in my new house for about a month at this point. Right. And the lady at the grocery store that's always at the checkout already knows me by name <laughs> and she calls me the avocado guy. Right. Nice. And you know, I'm, I'm one of those people. I, I inherited it from my mom. I talk to everybody all the time. Right. So I'm, I'm standing there talking to her and she said, why are you always so happy? <laughs> she said, like, what do you do that makes you so happy? And I kind of tried to explain, you know, like Amazon and the, the stuff that we do in TAS and all this stuff. She said, that seems like a lot of work. Isn't that stressful? And I said, it can be. And she said, well, then why are you so happy? And I said, because there's no point in letting it stress you out, right? Like, do I still get stressed? Absolutely. But that's when I leave to go to the grocery store and like get out of that mindset, yep. come back at it with a fresh set of eyes, because when you're stressed out, it's not helpful to the situation. And so she got a good laugh out of that. Um, which, and I find, found that amusing as well. Cause she said, you know, doesn't, isn't that a lot of work? And I said, yeah, 
but <laughs> it's still fun. It's fun for us. And that's kind of how you have to look at it. Look, things can get you down. Life can get in the way. Business can get in the way. Software, which has been our problem for the last week, can get in the way. But letting that stuff bother you for longer than five minutes doesn't help the situation. And so if you can figure out a way to change that mindset and come back at it with a fresh set of eyes, that's always the best way to do it. And that's exactly why we do these hot seats, Scott, because we get to look at other people's business with that fresh set of eyes and hopefully get them out of their rut by sharing with them what we see. Yeah, what right? we see and, and maybe even a little a little dose of reality. Right. Which is always which is always welcome. Yeah. 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 And uh, it's funny. I just uh, recorded an Ask Scott session and uh, it'll probably air tomorrow. So, yeah. Or not tomorrow. The, this coming Friday, whatever you're listening to this, it'll be the, the following Friday or the, the Friday be after this, whatever, whatever I'm trying to say here, Chris. Friday, Friday, it'll be your next episode. Uh, but yeah, I was talking about expectations. Like a lot of people just don't have those, you know, the right expectations. They, they either think too much or they don't think enough, um, as far as like what they're going after. And in this case, you might be in this hot seat that we're going to dive into. And we've kind of went over it a little bit, but the expectations might be a little bit more than you're going to receive without a huge amount of work. So then you got to decide when is it time to kind of just like pause this or, liquidate and move on or is it still worth maybe dabbling in so that's kind of what we're going to be touching on here today but expectations i think are a big thing for people to understand but uh let's go ahead and dive in chris let's uh let's go ahead and uh and, and like dig into this stuff and guys if you want to download the transcripts the show notes uh you can always find them at the amazing forward slash four zero two You'll get all the links and the show notes and um, all of the all of the banter back and forth between myself and Chris. So, uh, Chris, why don't you read the email because you're just a just you're just better at reading. So, why don't you just go ahead and read the email? <laughs> well, now now we're setting expectations. Oh yeah, big ones, uh, big ones. By so the way, so this one's from our buddy Josh, and the the subject line was "Help me, Obi Wan," which I guess <laughs> makes me R two D two, you Obi Wan, and him Princess Leia. But we'll we'll just go with that. We'll just go with uh, it. <laughs> He said, Scott and Chris, I'm at my wits end. I followed your podcast for six months. And as I started my Amazon business, I have two products in the marketplace, which is awesome, but I can't seem to make any money. I get sales when I spend on ads, lightning deals, outside promos, et cetera. When I don't spend money on promos, ads, lightning deals, I make money for a little bit, but then start to lose rank and sales. And eventually I'm not making any sales again. So the first thing Scott and you and I kind of chatted through this, it sounds like he's not ranking for his keywords because mm -hmm. if he was ranking for his keywords, then he should at least have a trickle of some organic sales that wouldn't necessarily go away when he stops ad spend. So that's, that's a big thing for me. Please help. Your podcast, Facebook page and website are incredibly helpful and I would not have gotten this far without them. Any advice would be so appreciated. I've really tried to figure this out on my own, but at this point, I'm not sure what else to do. He gave us a link to his product so we can take a look at that on our end. Chris, be, be, before we keep reading here, let me just, I, I want to jump in because I think this is a good spot to jump in here. Um, okay, so... You know, he's already said that, you know, and I am I mean, I, I have to give, you know, a pat on the back because, um, you know, you've already kind of went out there and you've taken action and you've got two products up and you are going through the process and you are learning a ton through this process and you are getting sales when you do promotions. And guess what? You know how to run ads, you know, lightning deals, you know, outside promotions, etc. Right. So I just want to really highlight that you've learned a skill that you'll always have now. OK, so that's good. OK, but. With that all being said, the first thing that I'm thinking, Chris, forget about ranking for a second, okay, is you're getting sales when you do these promos, meaning you discount or a lightning deal, which again is a discount, right? So you're getting the the deal or the you're getting the sales from deals 
And then when you do start to rank, you start to lose. So that goes to show me either price or you might not have enough of the credibility in the space that you are with reviews because you're now competing on equal ground, not on discounted grounds. Does that make sense, Chris? That makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I just kind of wanted to highlight that right there. And I know we're going to dig in more to his numbers and all that stuff. But with that being said, just from hearing that, I'm like, okay, you, you do well when you discount. You, you do fine. You, you just said that. But once you start to rank, you start to lose. And that tells me, number one, there's not a lot of difference there. But then also people are buying when you're equally as far as price goes, they're probably looking at reviews. So this could be a review-driven product. And in that, if that's the case, you've got a lot of work to do. And we'll talk about those numbers here in a minute. Go ahead, Chris. So, and that, that, that to me is also a thing, right? Uh, which if he's running promos or he's running ads and he's getting sales, why not run the ads all the time? And that to me means he's probably not profitable. And he actually dives into that and a little bit there, you know, he might not have the margin to do that. He said, I optimize my listings, pictures, keywords, backend keywords, etc. cetera. I optimize my Amazon ads running at 4.2% click through rate, which isn't bad. Uh, 24.5% ACOS, which is usually pretty good, uh, and 150,000 impressions as of right now. I ran a deep discount for a few weeks trying to get ranking, almost impossible for my main keywords. However, I'm ranking number two in my subcategory. I did this like you guys recommended in one of your podcasts. When I first launched the product four months ago, the market was fairly new. There weren't many products, and most people had less than 100 reviews. I've been watching a few competitors very closely. Uh, one of them had a head start on me. He ran his product discounted and shot to the first page. This is while I was waiting for my product to ship. Now it's almost statistically impossible to beat him. Since he's in front of the page, he makes the most sales, gets reviews faster, and thus stays in the first position, right? Which is why we want to try to launch correctly, right? Mm -hmm. And get to that spot as fast as possible. I think this is uh, this goes for most of the front page of my main keyword. You're very adamant about getting to the front page, but I have no idea how to get there now. What should I do? And then he goes on to talk about some of the stuff that he's doing off of uh, off of Amazon, he's doing a list building like we've talked about, Scott. He's halfway through a giveaway using his Instagram account, and he's gotten a, f a few hundred emails. Uh, and he he did update us and let us know that he got a few hundred more emails after the initial message that he sent us. And then he actually gives us his cost breakdown, which I didn't see when we were first talking about this. And it looks like he's making, you know, a, about eleven dollars gross profit. Oh, okay. Uh, now that was at that was at the higher the higher price point, right? right? So he's since dropped it $5, which means he should be making about $6 gross profit. Now this does not include, oh no, he did include his cost per unit here. Mm -hmm. So as long as those numbers are right, he should have $6 in margin to play with. I, I think we can give kind of rough numbers here. So like the unit cost, I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, the selling price is right around $35. And the cost, of, cost per unit is like $8 and some change. And then we've got freight, which is about five dollars, and then we've got uh, Amazon Pick and Pack four ninety six commission five twenty five. So gross profits about eleven dollars and change. Okay, so not bad, right? No, and that's that's good if you can sell at that price. Ah, now we, that's the we, big we, one. We've though, right? taken a look at his listing, and he he dropped that price about five dollars, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm not hallucinating, uh, yeah, it's about five bucks. Yeah, yep, maybe four, four or five bucks. Yep. Um, so again, once we drop that four or five bucks, what happens, Chris? 
well, we lose four or five dollars <laughs> out of our margins. Scott. Exactly. That, and exactly. That, you know, again, that's not bad. We have some products that sell between six and seven dollars. But right. the the real trick is that they you need to kind of minimize PPC and maximize organic sales there. Right. Right. So let's just let's just run the math on that, Scott. So if he's selling at thirty bucks, and I don't know that it was twenty five percent, right? Mm-hmm. Was his ACOS at seven dollars and fifty cents? So if he has, what did we say he dropped it? Uh, about five dollars. Eleven. Yeah. Eleven dollars. So even if it's four dollars, he's losing money on PPC there, mm-hmm. right? Even at a twenty five percent ACOS. Which to me means a, a couple things. One, your cost per unit is way too high. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, to me, just looking at this, the first thing that I see, it, he has the cost per unit and then shipping for the unit broken out separately. Mm. That's almost a third of his entire selling price. I was going to say, so now if you look at the cost per unit and then the freight, it's technically costing almost $15 a unit. Right, which right. is is very very high, especially when you tack on, you know, the nine dollars or so in Amazon fees. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. So let's just call it let's call it fifteen bucks, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's a multiplication, not an addition. So it's twenty four dollars in costs. Yep. Right. So if he's selling it at thirty bucks, he's only making five dollars a unit, which is mm-hmm. less than the seven that that our rough math <laughs> gave us, right? So exactly. It, it's somewhere between five and seven dollars if he's selling it at 30. Now, if you can sell it at 35, which is where he initially had it priced, you're you're in the black, right? right? You, you're making money even running PPC 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So my first question for Josh, if we had him in the hot seat would be, Josh, was that 24% ACOS happening at $34? Mm. If that 24% ACOS was happening at $34, even if you're only selling a few units a day, it's profitable. It's profitable. Mm-hmm. So if all else failed and you could continue at $34 to sell that unit through PPC and make five, six, seven dollars a unit, let's just call it five bucks. Mm-hmm. If you made five dollars a unit, you're coming out of that with a profit at least, even if it's slower moving than you thought it was going to be, even if you have to end up paying a little bit of a long-term storage fee or something, you know, just because it's selling a handful of units a day versus, you know, the 10, 15, 20, or a hundred like one of your competitors is selling you're still making a profit on it. So if you were at that 24% ACOS at $35, if nothing else works, go back to 35 and run the PBC. Right. Right. <laughs> it's kind of kind of my initial takeaway on this. So, I, I, I guess I, I guess that's that's where I'm at too. But then I guess the next question is is like, okay, that's all fine and, and dandy and and you know, it's something that you could technically do. You don't know how long that would last, but we want to get we want to basically get organically found now. And that's where the challenge comes in for me from what I'm seeing. Because we're looking at over 3,000 people selling a very, very similar product. Okay, I looked at the results on on the main keyword. It's about 3,000, okay? And then from there, it's like you and I said, Chris, this particular product, there's not much that you can do to make it stand out other than adding an accessory, which everybody's pretty much already done. But the only other way that you could do this if you wanted to position it towards another market, meaning if you were able to figure out that a market was using this type of product and then you were calling yours out as being specifically designed for that market and now you could target that market and then you can go after those sales. 
So that's the challenge here I see because I see that even if we get, okay, like if, like, like you said, Chris, if we can do that organic or not organically, uh, you know, by driving traffic and we can get sales, that's fine. But once we get on page one and now we're competing and to get to page one, we've got to be able to sell. I mean, some of them are selling like 2000 units a month. So if that's the case, we got to sell a lot of units to get on page one. Let's even say that there's someone that's getting 600 sales a month and they're on page one. All right. We still got to be able to get that amount of sales to get to page one for that particular one. Um, now I see you put up a different uh, search term and you got about 1800 results. Okay. Well, that was, this was the, the one that he said is his main search term. Okay. So he's about 1800 results. Okay. But still, um, you have to be able to get that amount of sales in order to, to get on page one. And if you do, what is going to then stand out? What I'm also noticing in that is that reviews, the ones that have more reviews are generally the ones that are getting more sales. So you have one, one seller that's got 2,175 sales. They've got 1,252 reviews. How many reviews does he have, by the way? Do we know that number? Let's, let's find out. Yeah, 55. So 55. So I know myself, and not even myself, my wife, she's going to these types of products and she's going to start looking at the reviews for this type of product because this product could have some things that could go wrong in it. Would, would she would she consider herself in her in his target audience? By the way, his Instagram is uh, I think he's got a great audience for this. Yeah. Um, not necessarily the best product for this audience, but I think he I mean, he's got over 3000 followers on Instagram and. Less well, than and again, we that's what I would like to talk about next, because I think there's other products that could serve the market that he's going after better than the product that he's picked. And that's that's exactly where I was going with that. Yeah. Not to say that they wouldn't buy this. No, you can still have this product and and you could probably sell it, like you said, because now it's part of your product line. I'm not saying it doesn't go with your product line, but I think you could sell something that's more specific to the audience that you've created on Instagram with over 2,000 people that are on there and a little email list. And I think you could probably get an email list created faster um, if you had something that was targeting more of a specific audience. The thing that you have can be used in that market, but it's not necessarily um, it's not necessarily going to just fit that market. Does that make sense, Chris? Right. So by looking at the Instagram page, there's there's other products that you could that you could uh, that you could do, you know, as far as to this market, and they would fit really well. But the the other thing that you're selling could also go well with it. So you don't have to go away from the brand that you started. I just think that you need to look at other other opportunities in that space that could be, um, you know, kind of positioned better. And that's, uh, that, that's kind of where I would start to go. The other thing that we should also mention, Chris, and again, guys, how we did all this stuff is like, we took the listing, we went over to it. We seen what the targeted keyword was that it looked like he was going for. We would have known this even if he didn't put it in there. Um, cause it's pretty self-explanatory. And then from there, we started looking at the search results in jungle scout and then from there, we started looking at the reviews and seeing how many they were competing against and uh, and seeing if there was a, a, a unique thing about the product that would help it sell. And it doesn't look like there is. Now, the other thing that we did is we jumped into trends, Google Trends. And we go, okay, it, and I already knew this, but does we had this- a, We had a sneaking suspicion. Yeah. Does this product drop any time of the year for a long period of time? And the answer is yes, it does. It's like, imagine selling ice cream- um, cones, um, in the winter, like they're not going to sell or a shovel. Like I've used that example before, right? A snow shovel is going to be, is sold in the winter. 
right? For maybe two months, maybe three, maybe, right? But then after that, it dries right up. And that's pretty close to what could happen with a product like this. I would probably look for a product that could be a little bit longer during the year. And then this could be a bolt on product to that. Um, so that, that's where I would probably start to go. I wouldn't give up on this. I think that you have a good start. You've got a good little product um, and you've got data and you've got da- you know pay-per-click stuff. And I would probably even look through the pay-per-click search reports and see also what people are searching for to find it. And that may help me position the product even better just with that. No, I, I, I agree with that completely. And I think there's a couple things. You know, one, you can continue to build that audience. There's going to be, with this audience, there's going to be probably a four or five month period that is going to be 80% of your sales for the year in this market. Yeah. I, I would think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if you can build that kind of in the off season, which is coming up for that stuff, next year is going to be a huge year for you if you're, you know, if you're still doing this, it's a question of making it profitable right now. And then seeing if we can pick up some of those sales in the off season, mm-hmm. right. To sell through this inventory and continue to make a profit. So, uh, you know, Scott, we already kind of told Josh the first thing that we might do if, if nothing else, right, we could raise this back to 35 bucks and sell it at the 24% ACOS through PPC, even if it's only two, three, four units a day and not the 30 that some of the top competitors are selling. But just taking a look at the listing, I think his pictures are pretty good, mm-hmm. um, but the title was something that stuck out to me. Did you have any anything you wanted to share about the title versus some of his competitors? Um, yeah. Um, well, number one um, in there, you know, including some some things in there that don't necessarily have to be in there. Um, so, and I, and I think you kind of highlighted it for me. And people can't see this, but <laughs> you can. I can kind of see what you're saying. But there's some. When when you're not explaining exactly what the product is and and really just just leaving it at that, you don't need some of those other. I mean, if you're selling something, um, you don't necessarily have to put in there new or brand new or you know what I mean, like words like that. Um, they don't really help sell the product. I think if they're buying it on Amazon, they pretty much know. So I wouldn't include that. Um, so that's like I think like I think that's the reason that that's included is because he's saying you know it's a new design for this year. Well, then why don't we say um, new design? Well, and that's that's kind of what his competitors saying. And why don't we saying, put the know, year in new. there, right? Right. Why don't why don't we why, why don't we put the year so that way there they know it's current, not just new. It could have been new in 2014, right? Right. Like so, if we're gonna do that, say new design 2017 updated or, you know what I mean? Something that lets people know or, or, um, uh, what's the other, uh, word that people use when something has been, uh, uh, not upgraded. Uh, what word am I looking for, Chris? But, um, more, more of, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let you drown. I, I know, know, right. You're, you are letting me drown right now. Uh, you know, but it, it, you want people to feel as though something has been improved. Okay. Improved design. There you go. Improved design 2017. Right, so which he has he has kind of in here, but okay. you might want to just uh, drop the year in there. Yes. Um, to me, again, like he knows who his audience is. It might just be a question of positioning this title towards that audience. Mm-hmm. So instead of just saying garlic press, it's uh you know improved design garlic press design specifically for chefs, mm-hmm. right? And that that may be a way of calling out his audience, even in PPC or when he sends an email or posts it on on Instagram that it calls out to the chefs immediately. Look, this is designed with the chef in mind. It's mm-hmm. not for your average person. And it doesn't necessarily filter those people out, but it makes the people you're trying to target feel special. 
mm. and they're more likely to buy it then. Um, the the biggest thing for me, I think that's his problem, and he has okay bullets, um, and an okay description. It's not, you know, it's not great. It's not bad. He is using enhanced brand content, which I like. Um, but to me, I think his biggest problem is probably just sales velocity. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. And again, how much, how much work do you want to put into to getting more sales to get you to rank? You know what I mean? Like that's going to be the question or like you said, repositioning it. So you're getting sales on the keywords that will convert, even though you don't necessarily need to kind of call it out to everyone. Right. And I know he said when he did an external promotion, he got to number two in his subcategory, right? Okay. And he's actually in the correct subcategory. The number one competitor is in a different subcategory. So this is a case where he says, you know, I got to number two. Why didn't my ranking go up? Well, number two in garlic press doesn't necessarily mean that you're selling the same as number two in uh, knife organizer, right? Mm -hmm. That might be a much more competitive category. And so his main competitor may still have been selling four, five, ten times what he was selling in a day, right? And we we kind of know from some of the testing that we've done that, Scott, if you're selling a garlic press and I'm selling a garlic press, if you're selling 11, I need to sell 12 yep. to take your spot on the listing. So that would be one of those things. The other thing that some of his competitors are doing that is going to bolster their position in that market is they have variations. Now, he is Josh is selling the the most common variation, the most popular variation from what I can which see. Which is good. Yeah. Which is which is where you want to start, but you know, the other thing that he needs to keep in mind is if somebody has variations, well, Amazon isn't necessarily just looking at the stainless steel garlic press sales. They're looking at the rubber handle and the plastic sales as kind of the overall sales for that listing. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So they're looking, while the child listing is what ranks, like the individual variation is what technically shows up in the search results, Amazon's smart enough to know that there's other products attached to that. And so when you're looking at sales velocity, you need to take that into consideration as well. So if, if you're selling 11 on one and 12 on your rubber handle garlic press and I'm selling 10, I'm never gonna match you. I need to sell, what is that, 23? So I would need to mm -hmm. sell 24 right. a day to kind of match or beat you in terms of the organic rank and sales. And the other thing that plays into that, something we don't talk about as much, is gonna be your conversion rate, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why something like PPC is helpful because we're driving high converting traffic, especially if we're converting at 20, 24% ACOS, is mm -hmm. that what it was? Yeah, yeah. Um, something, it means that we're getting a pretty decent conversion rate out of that. Yeah. Or we're paying very little per click, but either way, I'm going to try to make sales that way. So what I would probably do if I, if I was Josh is take a look at some of the competitors' titles like we normally do. Make sure that we're including all of those different types of keywords that were not necessarily in here, right? So just there's, there's some different ways, and I'm trying to think of how to describe this, but there's different ways to describe it that he's not necessarily using, right? And Scott, you'll see the two that I just highlighted there, right? he's using a different variation of one of the words. Mm -hmm. uh, and it, that may, you know, that may make a difference as well. Right. And it's, that's, yeah, that's a big, do one. you have a, do you have a good example for that? Or am I just going to drown on this one? Uh, uh yeah, <laughs> you might drown on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, um, you know, you could reference, uh, you know, if, uh, how, how could I say this? Um, you, you could reference, well, there, there, there's different ways to talk about sizes. Okay. So you can, you can say it in, you know, like inches, right? Like if I said, let's say if I said, um, how could I do this? Like how, how many inches are in a foot? You could either say a foot or you could say 16 or I'm sorry, uh, 12 inches, right? 
So, or ounces, right? You could say 16 ounces or you can say a pound, right? So if someone's searching for 16 ounces, right? Uh, something that holds 16 ounces of something, but you're just saying, well, that's just a pound, right? Someone isn't going to find it necessarily if they're searching for a pound, if that's what they search for. They're not going to write that, pound. That, that I think, is the, the perfect example, Scott. And I, I recorded an audio answer for a PLC student the other day on something very similar to this. And they were like, well, doesn't Amazon pick up plurals? And it was, you know, it was kind of like this example where it the plural is not the same thing as adding an S to it. Mm-hmm. Right. It is the same thing like ounce versus pound. Yes. Sure. Amazon knows like in theory, Amazon knows that ounces and pounds can be converted, but that the algorithm isn't going to go out and say, oh, well, 16 ounces is a pound. So if you say one pound or one LB, mm. right, which is a totally different, you know, that's the abbreviation yep. version of that. Yep. Amazon doesn't necessarily know that one pound P-O-U-N-D is the same as one LB LB. Uh <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, just it makes sense. So. You are. Um, and so you need to take like the the way that people are describing things into consideration as well. And that, I mean, it's a subtle difference, but it would be worth a test. And, and here, here would be something that I would that I would do and I would recommend anyone doing. Go to Google Planner uh, or Google Keyword Tool, whatever you want to call it, and go in there and type in your generic you know, term, garlic press. And start to see what people are searching for. Are they searching for uh, different sizes of it? Uh, Maybe you're going to find out that the six inch is being searched for. Well, then that could be something that you would want to include. And again, we're not looking at Amazon numbers necessarily. Now, Merchant Word supposedly does give you some Amazon data. I'm not quite sure how or, or how it does it, but that would be another um, tool that you could use to get some ideas and inspiration for different abbreviations or different terms that they're using with that one thing, right? right. Like, so stainless steel garlic press, that's fine. But what if it was uh, a six inch stainless steel garlic press and we knew people were searching for that exact term and I was going to be able to use that? That's going to help me um, when someone searches. That's what we call long tail. And again, having the right thing in there. Uh, not just guessing or even just something to test is worth um, looking into. So Google Planner tool, um, there's other free keyword tools out there that you can check out, um, but you just want something to start to give you ideas of other abbreviations or terms that are being used within that product. (laughs) And as we were talking about that, I went back to the search results page and I know you guys can't see this, but I'm going to show it to Scott. There's six or eight different ways to talk about the, the size of this, right? Yep. And they're all being used <laughs> mm-hmm. by different people. And so it may be worth looking into seeing which one of those kind of drives it, right? Yeah. They're using, you know, LB, they're using pound, they're using the pound symbol. They're u- <laughs> Right, right, right. So, but I don't see any of the top sellers using the version that he's using. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at that as well. Uh, yeah. And so it, it may be one of those things, you know, it's soda versus pop, right? Mm-hmm. Like. If everybody calls it soda or 80, 80 to 90 percent of people are searching for soda, I'm going to call it soda or if you're whether from, I call it soda myself or not. Yeah. Or, or if you're from the South and you're talking about sneakers, it's tennis shoes. Right. I didn't know that until I moved to the South. You know, oh, you mean tennis tea. shoes? Yeah. Or sweet tea. All tea uh, is sweet tea. <laughs> All right. Um, okay, cool. Chris. I do want to keep this to our normal 30 minutes, but I know we're over a little bit. Um, is there anything you wanted to wrap up with? We can give him some additional, um, maybe some recap on what he should probably do at this point. Yeah. And I think he has margin. So I, I would focus on where the margin is. 
the first thing that I would do, test some of those title changes, take a look at some of your competitors' bullet points. And this is something that we always say. Everybody always tells us that their listing is optimized, and we all like to think that, right? And I, I recorded a video uh, for the class, Scott, uh, a couple weeks ago, and I said, look, Scott and I get this wrong too, right? Like we take kind of our best guess out of the gate and put it up, and then we have to test. Exactly. And 99.99% of the time, we were wrong, right? <laughs> there, we missed something somewhere yep. that actually improved our sales by 10, 15, 20, 25%, right? They added five or 10 units a day when we made one small tweak to the title, one small, one small tweak to the bullets. And it, even though you know we got our feet under us to begin with, there's a different way to describe it. There's a different way that people are searching for it. And we find that as we start to kind of refine everything. So that's that's a step a lot of people miss. A lot of people, and we have this conversation a few times a week with people, and every time we're at a live event, we have this conversation, think that you know the they kind of put their listing up and then stop worrying about the title, stop worrying about the bullets, stop worrying about the description, stop worrying about the search terms. And to me, that's kind of your starting point, right? That's everything that we're testing against. We should be constantly looking for things. And I know Dom and I got into it on a power hour about the importance of split testing, but the reason that I like split testing is exactly that, right? If I'm right out of the gate, nothing changes. If I'm wrong out of the gate, everything changes. And I can take a product that was mildly successful or slightly profitable and scale it very rapidly. And so if he tests a few of those different things, I think that will help. The second thing is I would probably price this and He's saying, you know, he he's kind of mirroring the main competitor, but when you look here, a few of his competitors are selling the same product at a much higher price point. Mm -hmm. uh, and they are ranking, which means they're selling. And when we look at Jungle Scout, it, it, it means they're selling. So at that $34 or $35 price point, especially if he can make sales via PPC and he can consistently get that 24% ACOS, which for most of you guys out there, that's pretty good. Right. We typically, Scott, say, you know, kind of ballpark average, our products have between 30 and 40 percent margin. Right. Which would mean that mm -hmm. if we could get 24 percent ACOS on PPC, we would run that all day, every day, yep. as much as Amazon wanted to eat. Right. We would just keep feeding it because we're profitable, even if it's only at a dollar, two or three per unit. We're profitable on those PPC sales. And each and every single one of those helps us rank organically. And so if, if nothing else works, you should be able to move through that inventory using PPC. Now, the other thing that I would say is watch for the drop, Josh. The drop is a blessing and a curse for you. The drop, in my opinion, and Scott, I want to get your opinion on this. There is going to be a drop in sales in this product in the next few weeks. It's probably already started. If this is a product that you want to keep going with, if this is an audience that you want to keep going with, you have a massive opportunity right now to knock those competitors out and to be in place for next year. Whether you do it right now or whether you do it before the spike in sales for this product starts in you know March or April of next year, whenever that is, take a look at Google Trends, Josh, and see when that is. You can actually knock them out while their sales are down because you've done the work of starting to build that email list, starting to build that Instagram following, which you're doing a great job of from what I can see, right? Those are gonna be assets that those competitors don't necessarily have. And so if you can start to drive some sales spikes when everybody else is low, that's when you'll knock them out. Because Amazon isn't saying, oh, you sold 500 units six months ago. I, Amazon's all about what have you done for me lately, right, Scott? So exactly. if we can yeah, yeah. kind of take that over in the slow season, we're gonna be in that prime position day one when this thing takes off again. 
And so Josh, if that's something you're willing to put in the effort and he, he said, I'm grinding on Instagram. If you're willing to put in the effort, you're willing to put in the hustle, you're willing to put in the grind and build this in kind of the off season, you can have a heck of a year with this product next year. But it's one of those things where you have to make that choice for yourself. You know exactly what's going on in your situation. And I would also say the audience is fantastic. I think you're doing a good job with building that out. Look for some other potentially low cost products. Uh, and, and see if you can launch those as well. And I would also look to see if you can bring your cost per unit down on this if you're ever going to reorder it in the future because that, I think, is the real Achilles heel of of the product here. Does that make sense, Scott? Yep. You know, it makes, makes total sense, and I think that's some good advice, and I just think that... Uh, you know, especially with this being a seasonal item that, um, you know, your, your hands are kind of tied as far as like how far you're going to push it. But like you said, Chris, I mean, you are going to have the advantage of being able to push sales when you want to, cause you have it, you know, you'll have it dialed in, you'll have it figured out. But me personally, um, I would look at this as an additional product that I could offer. And I would then start to look at other products that could be uh, less seasonal, but then also that could fill in those times, but also be less competitive. These are very, this is a very competitive space and there's not much different differentiate yourself with right. this one product. So I would try to find those other products that are low competition, meaning low reviews. You don't have thousands of reviews. Um, and then from there, I would try to push those products with all of the principles that you've already learned. Remember, we've learned a new skill. So you can go ahead and take all of those lessons and apply it to that next product. And, uh, and then from there, you can blow that up. And then this would be another product that could be serving the same market. And who knows, you could probably do a really good job by adding this as, um, you know, some other type of promotion, whether it's on another product that's doing well, or even on your email list. Um, there's a lot you could do with it. So that's what I would say. And I would definitely look at the title, though. There's one word in there that, uh, like you said, Chris, that could probably be changed. Um, I don't know if that's going to make a huge difference, but it could be. And I looked in the, in the bullets, and I think in the bullets, it was the right way that I would like to see it. Um, but other than that, I don't think that the bullets and the, the title is going to be the answer. I think it's going to be uh, being able to find that balance so you can push sales and then get ranked. But then in order to get ranked and then get sales, I think reviews are going to play a part in this. That's why that's a, it's a, it's a challenge. Um, so I'd start looking at that next product. That's going to serve that, uh, that, that market more directly and then use this as a, as an add-on product. I think that's fantastic. Cool. That was good. I love these. I mean, guys, I mean, we do these live every now and then at a TAS Breakthrough Live event. Chris, do we have that page available so people can register? Or if not, can we have that ready? Uh, it should be. Is it theamazingseller.com slash live? It is. It is. So, guys. <laughs> I'm, say, I'm saying on the fly very hesitantly. <laughs> well, you know what? It will be ready by the time you listen to this because we will get it fixed if not. But if you want to be notified when we do uh, little live events, we don't, they're not huge, like usually 30 people or less. And it is live right now. Okay. And, and what we do is we, we get into a room together for an entire day, sometimes two days, and, uh, we get people in a hot seat just like this. And we break down and, uh, you know, kind of break down the business and, and kind of work through some of the sticking points, the struggles, and everyone gets to kind of chime in and it's really a lot of fun and we really enjoy it. So if you want to get notified when we do an upcoming live in-person event, head over to the amazing forward slash live and you can get on that on that early list and that uh 
that'll get you those notifications. Um, so Chris, yeah, that's, that's going to pretty much wrap it up. I think we did good here. We generally give ourselves 30 minutes to do these. I think we went over a few minutes, but we had a little bit of a banter back and forth in the beginning. We're out of too. shape. Yeah, we're out of shape. We haven't been practicing. Uh, all right, cool. So uh, yeah, guys, uh, you can get the show notes at theamazingseller.com forward slash 402, and that'll get you all the links, the transcripts, all that fun stuff. And just understand, guys, you're learning through this process. Everything is not going to be a winner. Um, but if we can just continually learn and continually grow, things will always get better um, and we'll get better as we move forward. All right. So that's it, guys. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, as always, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to come on, say it with me, say it loud, say it proud. Chris is going to say it with me today. Chris, you're going to say it. I'll say it. Are you going to on the count of three? Well, if you count to three, is it on three after three or is it three? I think it's going to be after three. So are you, are one, two, ready? three, take action. Yeah, let's yeah, do let's that. Let's do it. All right. One, <laughs> two, three, take, take action. action. Have an awesome, amazing day, guys. And I'll see you right back here on the next episode. Chris, we got to work on that. <laughs>